the joy of the Lord is our strength, not our weakness. You know what's weird to me? Joy is considered weak in Babylon. You know, they have their serious faces all the time. You take it more seriously. But the joy of the Lord is taking things seriously. That's how a citizen of heavenly Jerusalem takes things seriously because you can't do anything right without the power of God on it, without the anointing on it, without the joy of the Lord, our strength on it, without the anointing oil of joy on it. A couple verses I heard during worship. The mountains shall melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of all the earth. And this other verse that I love so much. In His presence is fullness of sorrow. Is that what it says, Penny? Yeah. <laughs> Someone said true. <laughs> well, they must be having a hard time. <laughs> oh, gee. Holy Spirit. In His presence is fullness of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gnawing of tongue. In His presence is fullness of joy! Oh, isn't that good? Aren't you glad that there's no cap to the joy? Man, whew, that's been like the main thing I've found over the years. They've tried to cap and control because you can go wild in this joy. And it, and it turns into something called the drunken glory. And you get so powerful that no flesh can control you anymore. Like, you can only be controlled by the great shepherd on the throne. And people that don't have faith for that kind of shepherding and that kind of fathering and that kind of pastoring, they'll condemn you for it because it's just like they don't really believe in God that much to actually father you and pastor you. You know, we need to get some flesh in there. But God the Father really wants everyone to go completely wild. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even at the expense of destroying your churches. <laughs> you know, especially at the expense of destroying all control systems of the human brain. It is a time of tremendous freedom. It is a time of rejoicing greatly. It is a time where Christians will enter the joy of the promised land with all their mind and all their soul. It's a time of tremendous acceleration in the glory. And all kinds of hidden stuff that churches and pastors and Christianity has kind of missed will be revealed now. It's a time of the great revealing of heavenly Jerusalem. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. What do you think we're going to do? It's a time of the celebration of the, of the angels, yeah? And the celebration of the ages. You're in the seventh age, very, very beginning of the seventh age. You know, you can tell by the time of Jesus to present time, a day is as a thousand years, an age is a thousand years. You're in the seventh day or the seventh age. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Something like that. You know? We learn new stuff every day to get real good ed edumacated so we can teach people how to read good. 
and do other things good as well. <laughs> it's like Derek Zoolander in the glory. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just so ridiculous. People have a hard time with the freedom. Hallelujah. But it is for freedom. He set us free. And you know what the freedom is by? You know what produces the freedom, Penny? You know, come back. Come back to me. No joy. Let me just tell you guys a few things here. Penny chooses to be on and off the, prog the, the broadcast whenever she wants. and oh, Do whatever you want in the glory. It's the garden of God. You don't have to be on the throne. You don't have to be in the throne room. There's a hundred million things you can do in Mount Zion. Go wild in Mount Zion. Just make sure your mind's in Mount Zion and then you're free, you know. But I think a lot of people are excited about the throne room, that there's so much more to Christianity than they've ever been told or experienced before, that they've been told a lot of lies their whole lives about what you can and can't do. And most of that is not God. Most of that is Satan, the religious demon, trying to control every, everybody and keep their joy way down. You know? Because if your joy goes way up, man, you'll set the captives free. Part of the gospel is setting the captives free. You know? Declaring what? The year of the Lord's favor? Jubilee? You know what that means? That you're forgiven, you're healed, you're restored to the Father, and a river of life now flows through you. And that river of life is the Holy Spirit, the seal of your salvation. Don't let any man or woman ever pull you out of the river, for there is no salvation in this world apart from the river of life. There's no life on earth apart from the river of life. Every step forward we take in freedom in this world is because of one thing alone, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the sovereign Lord that's been working through vessels for 2,000 years real greatly in the nations. I mean, a lot of people quench the Spirit, a lot of people resist the Spirit, but there are people that love the Holy Ghost. There are people that love the Spirit of Jesus, that obey the Spirit of Jesus and just want to please the Spirit of Jesus with their lives. You know, these are the holy people, the royal people, in whom is all of our delight. They're the happy people, you know. They're the ones inheriting the kingdom. They're the persecuted ones because, you know, they're the real Christians, the real disciples of the kingdom. There's a lot of them, too. It's, it's not a small amount. I know there's many. I've been around the fanatics in Christianity because that's the only people that ever tolerate hanging out with me. And nothing wrong with Holy Ghost fanaticism. That's actually what produces the Son of God. Zeal for the Father's house consuming you. <laughs> that's what's written. Zeal for the Father's house has consumed me. And I'm not talking zeal without knowledge. I'm talking zeal with so much revelation and make your head spin like Elijah's whirlwind where you're not even in the world anymore. The other side of your face is the throne of Almighty God. That's why you're so happy all the time because the throne of God is beaming through your forehead and you got a renewed mind and you got the glory of God. I mean, it's just an endless supply of energy 
through your soul and through your mind and through your body constantly. That's the gift of salvation for your souls. Not just salvation for your spirits. You know, that's wonderful. I'm glad your spirit got saved and got fire insurance. But now, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you realize your minds will get transformed until everyone can see the bright morning star beaming with Shekinah glory through your face? Your faces will glow with the Shekinah glory? Do you realize that's going to happen to almost every single one of you listening to me today? That's not going to be rare. (laughs) That's not going to be rare at all. God is glorifying His people now. He's always wanted to do it. But there's been so much religion. And what's religion? It's what separates the mind from God. That's what sears the conscience. That's what Galatians 3.1 bewitchment is. Most Christians are bewitched, but a lot of people hate it because it's just a living nightmare of slavery every day under a wicked taskmaster demon that a lot of people think is the Holy Ghost, but that's not what the Holy Ghost is like at all. The Holy Ghost just causes continuous rejoicing. Yes, sometimes He's stern and strict, absolutely. And He's a perfect Father, the Holy Ghost. Most of the time, He just wants you to have fun. Really, in the glory. You know? The Holy Spirit created Eden for you to walk in. Eden is the pleasure of God walking in the glory, which is the coolness of the day so that there's no scorching heat of the sun striking you. There'll be no more sun striking you, which means there'll be no starlight, sorcery, fallen angels striking your souls. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away, and you only have goodness in your souls, goodness wrapping your souls. It's a time of tremendous overcoming where people will come up to the highway of holiness where there's no unclean thing. I can see the souls rising. There's an archangel here called Uriel who's over those who rise in this great awakening. And those are the ones that come above the snake line with their minds because they're transformed by the renewing of their minds because that's all the Holy Ghost has ever desired to do with your life. He doesn't want to keep you the same. He wants your souls so glorified that you can let your light shine before men and they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. But are we letting our light shine or are we just use that as religious terminology for works? <laughs> I'm telling you, unless the Shekinah light is shining, you're not doing anything. You know, I let the Shekinah do everything in my life. That's why I'm continuously reflect, refreshed. Refreshed. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Some people are getting refreshed. Some people are getting refleshed. And it's usually because of faith or doubt. People telling me, Brandon, what you're saying is true, but nobody has faith for it. Well, that's why we need a lot more grace. A lot more grace. I mean, I could be telling the truth all day long and just... People know it's true, but they don't believe it for their lives. They don't believe it could happen in their situation. Look at my family. Look at my city. You know, (laughs) so much religion, you know. I'm telling you, you get more grace in you, you'll believe God for anything. Grace is what empowers us to believe. It's the energy of the throne of God, the author of life, the Zoe energy of grace. It is. It's a exousia 
powerful Zoe life energy that is grace. Grace isn't a theology or a doctrine about, you know, you can keep on sinning that so many people use it for. Grace is pure energy to empower you for God's perfect plans for your life so you can be the happiest person in your whole city. <laughs> when you get into the real grace and not just the, the talk about it, that so many ministers have just talking about grace, but the actual substance of grace, spiritual grace, which is an energy that raises you from the dead. <laughs> I mean, this grace is so strong. God was saying to me today, I'm going to pour grace so strong through your hearts and minds. Undeserved, unmerited favor. The favor of the Lord so strong into your hearts and minds. The energy of life so strong into you that the grace moving through you is what will cause you to do everything right all day long. All wrongdoing shall cease, it is written. In the book of Enoch, it talks about a people group that will get into righteousness. Everything we talk about every day, all this Holy Ghost spiritual stuff, is the substance called righteousness. Righteousness isn't doing the right thing out of your brain and body energy. That's humanism. That's secular humanism. That's not Christ at all. That's not the gospel. So many people think righteousness is just doing the right thing. Righteousness is the Holy Ghost in you doing the right thing. The Father in us doing the works. Jesus Christ has been made our righteousness. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. We have no righteousness of our own. Righteousness is everything the Holy Ghost is doing through us that's right. And this grace is so strong that you'll do everything right in your heart and mind. You know, we've been in ministry a long time and it's been incredible how, like, You'll say all the stuff and then nobody can obey it because there's not enough grace for them to do the right thing. You know, it's like one out of ten. Jesus heals ten people, one comes back and even has enough grace to even do anything with them. You know, they all just go out and do their own thing every day. But God said, said to me, the grace will get strong enough that they'll actually do the right thing. Because nobody can do the right thing. That's what... what people don't understand. You can't do the right thing, but grace can. <laughs> do you understand that's how the new covenant works? It's not about your efforts. It's not about you. It's about Christ in you, the hope of glorious things. That's the verse. So it's the energy of Christ. Christ is the anointing. Jesus is the man. Christ is the anointing on the man, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed of the Holy Spirit, went around doing good and healing everyone that was under the power of the devil, as it's written in Acts. Jesus is the man born of the woman. And at age 30, he went into the river, was baptized by his cousin John, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of the dove. He came up out of that water, Jesus Christ. Before that, he was Jesus, anointed of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Christ. And you have the same Christ as Jesus, the Messiah. Isn't that encouraging? Every single one of you. And not just a, you know, immature version of it. You know, you didn't get a small amount of it. You got the seven spirits of God, buddy. You got the fullness of deity in bodily form. And you know why the seven spirits of God are before His throne in the book of Revelation? Because they did all the work 
of his life and his ministry and God's plan. That's what happens when you let the Holy Ghost completely consume your heart. You let the Holy Ghost completely consume your souls. Jesus Christ be written on your foreheads, because that's the mind of Christ. And your heart life becomes the roots of David, the seven spirits of Yah. And your soul life becomes the bright morning star, the mind of Christ. That's God's plan for every single Christian. And this grace will turn up towards your heart. The grace will be magnified and amplified towards your minds so you can experience the bright morning star. Coolest thing, last couple days, I'm seeing the bright morning star to the small measure that I'm manifesting it. I mean, it's nothing like Jesus yet. I'm just growing up still, you know, as the Son of God. I mean, really, really young stages, just starting to see the seven horns and the seven eyes just bud through my soul. I mean, we're just on the fringe of sonship. I'm telling you, in the days ahead, the sons of God will be so much more brighter, so much more glorious, so much more fiery, that it will eradicate wrongdoing from the world. <laughs> like, you'll have zero crime in cities in a short while. This isn't a far way, ways off. I mean, I can already see it. <laughs> I'm telling you, the acceleration of the seven spirits of God through your heart life is as fast as you can receive. It's as fast as you want to go. There's no cap to it. And just tell them, seven spirits of God, turn it up in my heart. He's going to work in your heart. I know what people want, they want it worked in the flesh. You know, they want to see some breakthrough in the natural realm. That's coming. That always happens too. But that's the all things being added unto you. God is perfect. He's a perfect Father. So He deals in the holy place and works in the holy place of our hearts first. It's primary. The holy place is the heart, the inner court is the soul, and the outer court is our bodies because we're the temples of the Holy Spirit, it is written. Unless the holy place is holy and our hearts have seven blazing torches through them, the seven spirits of God, the roots of Jesse and the roots of David, the root system of the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't even have the heart of the Lord. I mean, God can do very little with our lives until our hearts are fully His. But once they're fully His, it's like, look out. There is no limit to what Jesus Christ can do with you. And so, just give Him your whole heart. There's nothing better in this world. I think a lot of people know that. We just need some really, really good training in righteousness. It's true. We need the bread and the wine of the throne of God. The hidden manna. The new wine. Do you know that the new wine, people are so confused because they come out of so much religion. The new wine is so sacred. The new wine is the holiest wine. You know, we might look like fools for Christ's sake, but that's the martyrdom glory. I mean, Christians before us that got into the wine as deep as us, most of them were just murdered by the religious. They, were mur- they would stone them to death, they'd cut their heads off, they'd burn them at the stake as witches. I'm telling you, you get into the glory deep, em- deep enough, you get into the wine of the new covenant, the wine of the Holy Spirit, and start getting physically intoxicated because your Psalms 23 cup is overflowing and He has prepared this table in the presence of 
Oh, your friends who are all going to applaud you because look at how spiritual they are. They're getting into the cup of the new covenant, the cup of salvation. Look at them drink the cup of joy. Go, go, go. He prepares the table before you in the presence of your enemies. Man, these people weep and gnash your teeth, their teeth at you. They don't like the joy. The joy exposes all the darkness in their lives. The new wine brings everything in everyone's hearts to the surface and makes them look terrible. As it's written in John 1, they hated the light. Jesus Christ is the wine, the bread and wine. He is the new covenant. They hated the light because the light exposed their darkness. And I love it. There is a major revealing of everything that's done in secret. You know that verse? One of my favorite verses. For the deliverance, not just of individuals, but nations. Everything hidden in darkness, brought into the light. Things that are whispered in secret shall be shouted from the rooftops. Isn't that good? You're drinking... And you're feasting on the bread and wine of the heart and mind of Jesus Christ, the new covenant, the table of the Lord, brings everything to the surface in society. And a lot of stuff is being exposed. And listen, saints, as we feast, we will cleanse the world by the bread and wine of Jesus Christ. Because they're already eating the scraps off our table. So many. So many people are not at the table, Lord, which means they don't know Jesus, but many people want that life. And until we're spiritual gluttons and spiritual drunkards on the bread and the wine of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our salvation, the new covenant, until we're feasting, I mean, we can have such a runoff and an overflow of our cups that the whole world can eat the scraps off our table and join us at the table if they want to, if they want to believe in Jesus. God's people and His covenant people have always been the leadership of the world. In the Old Covenant, Jesus said to the Israelites, Well, the Gentiles, well, they just eat the scraps off your table, Israel. How much more in the perfect covenant of God's Holy Spirit? We see the overflow and the runoff of our lives in society for years. I mean, through television, through art, through radio and songs... I mean, exact whole phrases of Joel's bar are in tons of movies, all the commercials, tons of songs. I mean, you see the overflow of, really, of this ministry in all society for many years. Because we know we're feasting on the living God that made this world. This isn't a small thing. Even though small amounts of people are in to the throne of God, The throne of God is still the total dominion and rulership of planet Earth, regardless of who has faith for it. If only a handful of mystics have faith for it, it's still the throne of God. It's still the sovereignty of all creation. God just always desires more people to come into His throne room to experience His sovereignty, to experience His power, to get their vision so big like the white eagle, their vision so big like Revelation 5-7, seven horns and seven eyes. When you start to see these seven horns and seven eyes of the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain, you'll have faith for anything. You'll never be afraid of anything in the world again. You will see how the Lord Jesus has everything in the world in His hand. We just need our souls so possessed with Him that we have His vision. 
You gotta just repent of everything that's us, everything that's brain, everything that's self, and get into Jesus. Religion is about fixing up ourselves. That's not the gospel. The gospel is you're crucified with Christ, you no longer live. It's the life of the Lord Jesus now that lives through you. <laughs> Amen? Religion says, fix yourself up. Self-help is religion. There's no self-help in the real gospel of God. The gospel of God is, here's the Holy Spirit. He does everything through you. Jesus Christ said it's the Father in Him that does everything. That He did nothing on His own. He didn't judge on His own. He didn't even speak on His own. He said, my words and my teachings are not my own, but my Father's. He showed us how to be perfect, to live in total dependence upon God the Father by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of glory, that are here as seven blazing torches. And they open seven seals, and they glorify me and you and everyone who can believe. Penny and I were talking today as we're going around all over the place and about fear and faith. Remember that conversation? Yeah. And all these fears still. And fear being the atmosphere of hell, faith being the atmosphere of the glory, and the substance of the physical manifest glory, which is that cloud of joy and that cloud of life energy that we live in all the time in His ever-increasing glory, it's growing in the glory because my faith is growing. The reason why people don't experience the glory through their souls is because they're locked up in fear. Fear has to do with punishment. They're under a spirit of condemnation. They're under a religious spirit. They're under the curse of the law, which is works. Remember what God said to Adam? You're going to have to work now. Before, in the glory... He just walked with the Father in the coolness of the day. It was the Father in Him that did the works. He was tremendously more successful and more active. His abilities were divine before. Afterwards, He was stuck to His physical body. He could only do carnal works. But now in the New Covenant, we got the Father again. We're restored to the Father. We got the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. We're restored to the garden. So it's the Father in us who can do the works and we're never alone. We're never independent of Him. We never have to do anything out of self-effort. <laughs> All of that working by the sweat of our brow, curse of the fall, is washed into the lake of fire. So now we can walk with the Father in the coolness of the day. But I was telling Penny too, people get lazy. I know and I've seen, I'm going to do more ministry the next five years than I've done in the last eleven I'm talking about major works, but it's effortless because it's the seven blazing torches and the bright morning star through this body that does the work. I see the signs and wonders and miracles and healings, I mean, a million fold what I've done the last 11 years, just in the next two years. This thing is growing, man. <laughs> and don't think there's not works. It is written, Lord, let your works appear. I'm sick and tired of seeing carnal flesh works or the works of the brains called strange fire and dead works. I'm sick and tired of religious acts that lead to death, that sear people's consciences and separates them from the presence of God. 
but I want to see the works of the Spirit of glory. Let's see what these seven blazing torches can do. Let's see what the bright morning star can do. And this is what I've been seeing the bright morning star doing just in the budding of the seven horns and the seven eyes through my soul. I see the bright morning star beaming into hearts. The Father's saying, as this bright morning star through your renewed mind beams into hearts, it influences their heart life. If you influence their heart life, it is written out of the heart the mouth speaks. You transform everyone. So if you have enough glory of the bright morning star through your soul, you can influence everything that has breath to praise the Lord. That's what King David walked in. That's what every king of glory walks and every son of God walks in a sovereign atmosphere of influence of the seven spirits of God and the bright morning star. Do you think he's the only son of God? There are many sons of God to follow. It is written, Hebrews chapter 2, the firstborn amongst many exactly like him. I'm telling you, you're going to become well aware and familiar with the seven spirits of God as your root system of your heart in Jesus Christ. It's all him. We're in him. The covenant is in the flesh of Jesus Christ. We live and move and have our being. But it's not just growing up into the head that's Christ and recognizing our spiritual abilities. Every single one of you will have the bright morning star shining through your forehead if you obey Jesus Christ with your life just by yielding to the Holy Spirit works. Just by yielding to the Holy Spirit's sanctification. Do you realize we will have unity of the brethren in only one place? The mind of Christ, which is the bright and morning star. The glory of our soul life. We're going to have such tremendous unity, there won't be disagreements. Because the glory and the fire of God will be so strong through our souls that everyone will know right and wrong, so that all wrongdoing shall cease. Now, we, ha- we obviously haven't come into that yet, but there's an acceleration on it. Because God is turning it up in His people. There are millions of people that love Jesus that have yet to get their minds renewed. But they will now. He's going to renew your mind so that you have full agreement in your mind with the great glory. It's a better life anyhow. I mean, it's more fun. It's way more intelligent. I mean, you'll be a million times smarter. You know, you'll never have the human, you know, limitations that we had in our carnal minds of Greek education systems of this world. When you start to get into divine education, you're growing your spirit life for eternity. You're not wasting your days and just feeding your brain information that when you die will be useless in the the afterworld. (laughs) This is tree of life education, that you are learning the eternal things of God and growing your spirit for all eternity. It's the most valuable education in existence, and there's nothing even close. Very few people come into eternal glory school. But it's available, and people are going to have to because this is what God's doing. He's not doing anything else in the world. He's, he's glorifying His bride, so she's a spotless bride, so that the Lord can do the great works, the greater works of John fourteen twelve through her soul life. But until she gets out of the way and just lets the river of life do it, It's so much strange fire, so much dead works, so much self-effort. 
so much garbage. <laughs> Amen. It's truth anyhow. God's coming with floods of drunken glory. Floods of joy. As it was in the days of Noah. What do you think the floods of the days of Noah is prophesying about? What is Jesus talking about? Is he going to come with fire and brimstone? He's coming with glory. The knowledge of the glory shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Right? That's the fulfillment of that prophecy. The glory of God. So, the leadership of the Great Awakening and this harvest of the end times called the sons of God, well, they got to really get with it first. You know, if the friends of the bridegroom are still just young in the bright morning star, young in the seven spirits of God, well, there's no foundation, there's no government of God, there's no leadership so that all things can be added unto them. You know, we wanted all these, you know, treasures hidden in darkness and stuff, but God sees the hearts. He knows what the real treasures are, that the human souls are the most important thing here. <laughs> All the breakthroughs people want, it's going to come by the, the transfiguration of society, the transformation of the world by the glory of God. He's taking care of business how He sees fit, not how we see fit. He's doing this thing perfectly and permanently. And very few people are in full agreement with Him. A lot of people want to do it their way. You know, and that's the immaturity in the body of Christ because we don't trust the head. We haven't grown up into the head. Most of the apostles and prophets are very, very young in the spirit. Even the best ones. I'm telling you, we're going to come into a place of spiritual maturity where, where we're just like Jesus Christ on the throne with seven blazing torches that everything we say happens. Because we won't say anything except what our Father is saying and it'll have all the creative fire and glory on it to accomplish it with all the angels of heavenly Jerusalem with every single word spoken. Huh? What does it say in the Bible? Decree a thing and it shall be established. And in another place in Psalms, and the angels obey all his words. Well, do you have the voice of many waters? Of course you do. That's what salvation is. You receive the voice of many waters into your heart, which is the person Jesus, and He came in and saved you. That's how you were saved from hell. Well, what happens when you just keep letting the voice of many waters just take over your life? Well, it grows up, and pretty soon your voice is the voice of many waters. It's not a one-man show. It's an army of the Lord. <laughs> Was it ever just a one-man show, even in the Old Covenant? Man, not even close. Jesus is the leader of this great army of His friends and His bride. It's a bridal company. It's a man-child company. The friends of the bridegroom and the bride of Christ. It's a huge army. It will be the greatest army to ever form. And it's not a physical army, it's a spiritual army. And the greater you are in the army, the greater your glory is of the bright morning star shining through your souls. And we just, every single day, just do the maximum thing to grow your hearts and grow your minds in God so you can be great in the army of the Lord and do great exploits <laughs> and have great success in the Holy Spirit and destroy all the works of the devil in your cities and in your nations. There's no limitation. That's why we need great rejoicing. Because 
Anytime you encounter the enemy, the only way you ever win is by the anointing. There's no victory apart from the anointing, which in the Bible is called joy. The oil of gladness and the oil of joy. You know, when we've had tremendous persecution and all kinds of betrayal and just everybody turning on us and it's just been a nightmare, you know, all of our partners get destroyed and, you know, just... It just ministry is just looking bad. God would just always turn up the joy that we can rejoice through all kinds of calamities. I remember one of the greatest encounters I've ever had with the living God was on one of the worst days of my life. That I was out front, you know, I mean, there's crack dealers all around here, gunshots every other day, people being killed, sex trafficking, prostitutes. I mean, I'm in the ghetto, and, and then I'm out there, you know, and people aren't believing us, and just got kicked out of a church, you know, and it's all kinds of persecution. I go to open the door, and the door falls off our car onto the street. I'm just like, oh, everything just destroyed in our whole life and it was at that moment of just total brokenness and just like oh the shards of light pierced through my left shoulder and I look over my left and it's the white eagle the Lord Jesus Christ right there and the shards of light were physically coming through my my shoulder and I look up and I see the Lord fly down the this middle of the street and he turns up the street and it's 6th street and it's 22nd up there and 6 is the number of man and he says I'm going to bring the fullness of my divinity through man Brandon and just encourage me so much I'm like that one encounter probably could encourage me the rest of the rest of my life <laughs> he's so good guys as long as our hearts are always turned towards him he will always encourage us and it's been getting better, too. I mean, it seems like so much of just the, the threshing and the ox threshing and so much of the pioneering is already done to establish just perfect heavenly Jerusalem in entire cities now where people can come in and just be like, ah, and it's just not so fringe and weird where it's just like, man, I can really live in heaven on earth and really turn this thing mainstream. God the Father wants to turn this thing mainstream. That this is the norm of Christianity. And living in perfect glory with all your hearts and all your souls and all your bodies drowned in the presence of God so strong. Where it says, in His presence is the fullness of joy. So that you're walking in the fullness of joy. And what does the fullness of joy in His perfect presence in your life do? The, melt, the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord and totally destroys the slavery system of Babylon the Great in the whole world. And this is how we do it, by rejoicing. Why do you think the Apostle Paul is always telling his churches to rejoice? As they're rejoicing, they're manifesting the glory and destroying the works of the devil in their Grecian cities. You know, you can maybe transform your city so you're... Your families aren't fed to lions. It's the Apostle Paul's war strategy of destroying Satan in those cities. This isn't about just feeling good. That's part of it. But it's about destroying the works of the devil. People don't understand. This joy is warfare. This is how you win in spiritual warfare. And if you're combating all the devils in the world every day, 
you're going to have to be extremely joyful. You're going to have to be in this, the, in His presence's fullness of joy. If you're taking on all the principalities and powers and thrones and dominions and all spiritual wickedness in high places and you want to ruin Babylon the Great and you want to sack the city of Babylon and you want to dry up the river Euphrates and you want to rip into pieces the throne of the great red dragon and the beast and the false prophet, you're going to have to be in the fullness of joy, in His presence's fullness of joy. That's the only possible way to do this thing. And it's wonderful because it's like you're refreshed as you destroy all the works of the devil. Really, you're telling me that the happiest people are the most powerful people? Yeah, duh, obviously. It's always been that way in every covenant, old and new. (laughs) Amen? Truth anyhow. Rejoice greatly in the Lord your God. Rejoice in the river of life. Drink in these living waters, receiving all of this grace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the grace that causes rejoicing, realizing that you're favored of God by nothing you've done. It's just a gift of salvation, the joy of salvation. And you can grow in that joy, and you can grow in that presence and get it so strong. It can wrap your families, it can wrap your cities, it can wrap your nations. Come on, that's what God's doing. This glory, this joy, and this presence will get so strong, it will so easily, so effortlessly cause this great awakening. People will just feel that presence, the fullness of joy, and it's the goodness, the glory of God that drowns people, that causes them to repent. Because, ooh... This is the truth. I can feel it. It's in my heart. It's in my mind. It's realer than any relationship, anything I've ever experienced in the natural realm. This is God. This is the love of God towards my life. This is the transforming power of Jesus Christ towards me. This is God's grace and God's love and God's peace. Man, I'm just going to receive as much as I can every day. And that's when you start feasting. That's when you start drinking. And that's when you're a spiritual glutton and a spiritual drunkard. And that's when your cups overflow in the presence of your enemies and all of your enemies get washed in the power of God. God will destroy your enemies. Usually by forgiveness. Because a lot of these people just don't know any better. They've just been taught religion their whole lives. So keep rejoicing, as it's written in Psalms 23, in the presence of your enemies. Because that's where he's prepared your table because God wants to destroy all the works of the devil through you. He doesn't want to take you apart from those enemies and just make it all easy for you. He's like, let's take them all out through this person who's spiritually feasting. And that's what he does. And it causes you to drink and rejoice. Your cup overflows, just washes and sanctifies everything around you until you can walk out your door and all your pasts are laden with oil and butter as it's written in Job. Everywhere you move, you move is just drowned in favor and goodness and love and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost because your cup is so flooded all the places of your movement that everyone that's on your paths is just blessed and happy and loves you. It's the glorification of society right there. He's doing it. Hallelujah. Accelerate it, Lord, through these people's hearts and minds in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You guys ready to see the total transformation of civilization? 
That's what's happening here. The bright morning star is the source that created all the stars of the heavens. Do you realize when you change from starlight to glory light and you start teaching this stuff accurately and start feeding this to people, this, this is the power to change the world. The bright morning star is not playing around here. This will absolutely disciple civilization. There's been many prophecies about this, but a lot of people don't know exactly how it's going to come. This is exactly how it's going to come. It's going to come in the roots of David, the seven spirits of God, and our perfect heart light of life of Jesus Christ. And it's going to come through our transformed minds and souls, completely and perfectly lit up with the bright morning star. So I'm talking about an army of the Lord, a Joel's army, that has the roots of David in the bright morning star. Every single one of them in agreement. No one breaking rank because they all have the mind of Christ. There's nothing more powerful than that in all creation. That's why this is the greatest army to ever form. And it's coming forth now. And it's accelerated. Great acceleration in your life, Penny, huh? The last couple of weeks. Most ever. Yeah. We're seeing the most epic transformation. And it's all because of great grace. And great grace just massacres people's religious self-efforts that keep them from transforming. Keeps their minds in darkness. It's grace who gets strong enough. So the grace will actually move you to do the right thing. It will actually change your mind and make you repent, because that's what a lot of people want to do, but they're so caught up in so much witchcraft, sorcery of religion, that it's like impossible for them to ever do the right thing. So this grace has to be turned up to help people, and to carry these people, and to transform and glorify these people, and then it just becomes woo, freedom, effortless. Just celebration of the ages, because you're just receiving so much salvation, so much joy in His presence. And you're just a drinker and an eater, and it's just manifesting through your life, and there's no cap to it, so you just get happier every day, and it's contagious. People start getting hungry and thirsty for what you got. Just let everyone eat and drink off of you. Amen? Every one of you is the temple of the Holy Ghost. They can eat your bread and drink your wine and be transformed by the renewing of their mind in Jesus' name. We love you guys. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. We have been seeing some tremendous, epic financial miracles from people sowing by faith into this ministry. God wants to prove to you this is the real deal. This is the order of Melchizedek. It's the same priesthood of Melchizedek that Abraham tithed to. We've heard people say that God has spoken to them clearly that by tithing to Red Letter Ministries, it will completely set them free from the Babylonian slavery system to money. And it's a true word of God if you can believe it and receive it. Donate at redletterman.com and be blessed. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Glory.